Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast, where our guests provide awesome tactics and insights to help move your business towards its aspirations. Kia ora, my name is Craig Murray and you've tuned in to episode number 16 of the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast delivered to you by DHL. Today we are very lucky. We have Glenn Marvin on the show, and he is going to be diving directly into how to build brand on LinkedIn. This is going to be fire, a really awesome one, and he's got a bit of a presentation too. So if you listen to this on Spotify, jump onto our YouTube page, and you'll be able to actually see the presentation, but he's going to talk through it anyway. So without further ado, I'll bring Glenn into the stream. Kia ora. Kia ora, Craig. So good to be with you. Thank you very much. I am always calling from Rotorua in the centre of the North Island in New Zealand. Whereabouts are you? Oh, I'm calling from COVID Central, Central Auckland. <laughs> COVID Central. I'm not too sure what time Jacinda is making an announcement today, but hopefully it is in favour of everyone moving into Orange, who's currently in red. We're in the Bay of Plenty at the moment. We're in red and unlikely to move into Orange until probably sometime in January. That is the way it goes. What is your first ever job? Like your first ever job, I'm talking about when you're at school or primary school or whatever whatever it was. Mine was sweeping a panel beater's workshop and then just lead it into your origin story and, and get to where you are now. And then we'll dig, a, dig in a little bit about LinkedIn and ask a bit of, bit of stuff about branding. But I'll hand it over to you to talk about what your first ever job was. Sure thing. So a uh, big part of my upbringing was on a farm in the hills up above Papakura in South Auckland. So my first ever job was uh, chopping thistles and shooting possums and selling the possum skins. That's Kiwi. That's a Kiwi experience. about as Kiwi as you come when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, so many, many, many years running around the farm chasing the sheep instead of the sheepdog so that uh, we learned the value of work and exercise all at the same time. Mm. I had yeah, a lot of so, fun. Yeah. My family are um, sheep farmers, and I had a lot of fun when we used to go there and help out dagging the sheep and things like that. It was, it was quite cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so I sort of went from there. Uh, I had a seven years in the police force. And after doing uh, the, the, the obligatory OE, and I left the police force thinking I had no transferable skills. You know, I had all these years dealing dealing with with criminals, walking the beat, driving around, pulling people over, all of those sorts of things. And I, I, I left the police thinking, man, this is a scary, scary world going into the corporate side of things. But it didn't take me long to figure out that all of those years I spent traveling, nearly five years traveling, and then seven years in the police force, the transferable skills that I picked up along the way in and around communication, around decision-making, uh, around understanding the people that you're talking to, having empathy and actually working with them for a solution rather than uh, an autocratic dictatorial approach, which there is the risk of going into when you're, when you're in the force, mm. uh, put me in pretty good step. And I, a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, uh, and a little bit of leveraging those skills that I, I had, I managed to have a, a fairly successful career in the what ended up being in the private equity industry as a change maker coming in, uh, taking organizations through change, setting them up for sale, uh, moving on to the next project with that private equity company and the next business to affect change and in essence, build profitability without crushing the culture. As part of that, that was in the, in the, in the early 2000s. And there was, as, as part of it, oh, this is again, a little bit by luck, a little bit by design, I found this thing called Google, and if you just magically spent a few dollars on Google in the 2000s, then surprisingly, the phone started call, started ringing, and I fell in love with this whole digital marketing side of side of things because it was the future. It was how you could very very easily get a return on the investment of your advertising dollar, and. I loved the metrics side of it. I loved trying to then also layer it over the metrics side of it, the the human element of how do you actually craft the the copy, the language, the calls to action to drive people to actually take action. 
And when you're doing that in the Google space, you have to be very, very succinct in a very, very short amount of words. Um, so that really led me to falling way more in love with marketing than I was with the whole corporate private equity space. So I, I left that business and I took up a role as a sales director in a, in a social and a social and a digital marketing agency. We took that through over a period of four years. We grew the, the sales team from two to 35 Whoa, and big. ended up selling that to a, an American um, partner company that had the technology behind it. And after a little bit after that, I ended up buying back into the consulting side of that business and growing it from there. And the, the passion for working with uh, small to medium businesses and, and actually just businesses focused on growth in general has continued to this day. So whether it's um, through Shopify search, whether it's Connector, whether it's um, through Touchpoint, where we focus on customer experience and we're a customer intelligence company then helping businesses identify and connect the dots so that they can make incremental changes and but understand what they need to make quickly and then take action is right down my alley and i love it that's the that's the four minute two minute story so now you're with um consulting touch with touch touch point mm -hmm. so could you give our audience a little bit of an overview of what touch point can does in, in general like you're you're on the consultant side what what's the other sort of elements of the business yeah so touchpoint group is i'd refer to as a, as a customer intelligence company so anything's doing it around data database marketing um, and understanding consumer journeys so one side of the business is very very strong in database marketing so anything from email marketing loyalty um, nps systems and and really when you have a, a decent sized database, so primarily would work with companies that have got um, 30,000 or more records in their database, um, anything all the way up to the likes of a, um, ANZ, we've been working with for nearly 18 years, managing a lot of their email marketing through to retail. And that's becoming a massive focus, obviously, these days with email and e-commerce and things like that. And email is still central to leveraging growth tactics because once you've got the permission to keep on speaking to these people, uh, it's a very, very underutilized area of marketing. Um, a lot of people just still keep on doing it for newsletters and the odd special, but it's amazing the journey you can take people through through regular communication. On the other side of the business, we're very, very focused on the finance industry and using data to help those banks especially uh, make much better journeys for their clients whether it's with their mobile banking app so we'll take public public review data of the banking apps and get really really granular really really fast using some ai technology that we've developed to give them insights and recommendations on what functionality features and parts of the banking app that they need to do to really increase the experience or give a peak experience for the users of those banking apps and then all the way through to voice of customer so understanding all of the information that's coming through from call centers voice of customer programs and helping them make better decisions and prioritize those decisions to give better experiences for their customers which ultimately means more money and better service for the for the for the customer as well so the user experience doing the right thing way, way cooler yeah yeah doing the right thing will end up with more money in the back pocket mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so today we're going to be you're going to focus a little bit a lot on linkedin and i can see the slide there linkedin mastery building your own brand so before we roll into that what is your definition of a brand yeah, so you've got your personal and then you've got your corporate sort of brand. But in essence, it's what distinguishes you from the competition. Yeah? And I'll, I'll leave it at that. There are so many different variations. There are so many different things. But if if people don't recognize you, if people don't understand what makes you any, any different from everybody else, then, you know, what, where do you stand? Right? Uh, 
we talked about it earlier, the, the Jeff Bezos sort of version of what's what people say when you're not in the room. But it should be what makes you recognizable, whether they see your face or your logo or not. So what is it that distinguishes you from everybody else? And the, the last question before, oh, sorry, we had one more question before we roll into it. So has there been a brand that has, well, what has been the brand that has had the biggest impact on you and why has that brand had that impact? Believe it or not, Netflix. Oh yeah? Yeah, not because I like to chill, uh, but more the fact that Netflix, I think is one of the, one of the first real companies that's mastered understanding their audience and curating their content to satisfy their demands and their needs. So things um, that they literally do, do research with their audience, understand what they need to do to manufacture a series, a program, a movie based specifically on what sort of journey that their audience wants to be taken on. And they have replicated that time and time again. And to great success, as we all know now. Yeah, they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Yeah. Cool. So shall we crack into it? Let's let's crack into it. Cool. That that's that, that's actually my cue to um, to hide that, and then let's crack into it. So so Glenn, I'm going to hand this over to you now, and then I'll, I'll just randomly just drop in and ask some questions. Absolutely. You can you can be the interactive part of the interactive session. Here we go. So LinkedIn Masteries, when we come down to things like LinkedIn and Mastery is probably an overused terminology, but the really important thing to understand around LinkedIn is it is it is one of the most powerful platforms that any business or especially even in that small business area, you can use to increase your profile, to actually attract leads and to grow your business. I'm going to cover off a few different things in this session when we were going to talk about it. I'll talk about the optimization of profiles, what you need to do around your profile and the key elements that will make you and your own brand differentiate and distinguish from the other people's uh, intentional engagement. And I use that word intentional intentionally because it is incredibly important that like any social media platform, you're very, very specific and intentional about how you interact with it. Otherwise, it can be a massive time sink and a complete waste of your time, effort and money. And then I'm going to touch on the four pillars of content. So what are the four core things or the core, four core areas that you are going to need to be talking about to really get cut through with your audience? Because if there's never, if you were just the broken record hammering one particular thing every single time, you're not going to get the cut through. Some, some high level stats in and around New Zealand. There are nearly 2 million people, 1,885,000 people already in LinkedIn. 32,000 of those have changed jobs in the last 90 days, and nearly 50,000 of those have posted in the last 30 days. Now, that sounds like a lot of people, 50,000 people posting in the last 30 days, but it's only 2.5% of the users. So what does that scream? That screams opportunity. So if you are one of those two and a half percent, that means that another 97 and a half percent of that two million people have got the opportunity to see your content. You are not competing with every person and every brand under the sun. And that translates into much greater reach and cut through compared to some of the other social media platforms. I mean, who's posted something on their LinkedIn business page over the last 12 months and seen uh, what's happened there, crickets, nothing, nada. Uh, LinkedIn, you have so much more opportunity just because you're not fighting for bandwidth in the algorithm to show up in other people's feeds. So generally, anything that you post will stay up for longer and get better reach and better engagement because you don't have the competition that you've got on other platforms. Uh, in New Zealand, there's over 11,000 CEOs uh, that log in regularly on LinkedIn. 140,000 senior managers and owners. And when it comes down to it, the, any person that you want to talk to that is in a decision-making process, so if you're looking to build your brand, sell, dare I say it, that terrible word, if you want to sell, uh, you can do it through LinkedIn, but there are some real key tenants that you need to understand first. And the big one 
is people still want to do business with people. All right. And if you take a human centric approach to this, like you should be with any social media platform, because we are social beings, then you are taking that first best step to success. And the best analogy that I have come up with today, and I'm sure you'll relate to this, Craig, is I want you to imagine a bar. All right. Imagine a bar that you could rock into. And in that bar, there is every CEO, every head of sales, every single person that you could potentially want to be doing business with sitting in that bar and they're chilling out, they're having a drink, they're chatting. You can sidle up to those tables and you can listen to the conversations. You can see what they are interested in and what they talk about. And if every now and then you could just chip in, engage in their conversations, they're going to start responding to you after a little while you'd think that you would get to the point where you can rock into that bar somebody's going to recognize you stick their hand up and say hey craig come over to our table all right you are building a relationship there's no gatekeepers there is nobody stopping you with interacting with them you are free to mix and mingle and build relationships with those key people at any stage and after a little while longer, you'll be able to have those conversations with them publicly. But more often than not, after a while of building that relationship and building that trust, someone's going to say, tell you what, Craig, I've got this thing that I want to talk to you about. Why don't you come around to our office next week or let's go across to a different table because I'd like to have a chat to you about this thing. That's where you can take the conversation offline. And that, my friends, is my best analogy for LinkedIn that I can ever think of because LinkedIn is just an open bar with all of the people you could want to engage with freely talking and sharing their their thoughts and messages and and, and you have got every right to interact with them and build a relationship. So, so if I was to summarize what you just said then, so if you could, a person who's got a target of people who they want to be associated with, they could write down 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, whatever. And then every now and again, go into their, into their activity and see what they've been posting and then put a meaningful post in there, not just a heart or a thumbs up or a, a, that double hand thing. You, you engage in it and offer some, some sort of value to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, someone will go, oh, there's, there's Craig again saying his little thing. And, yep. then, um, and then they might add Craig, and then that's when you, you develop the relationship. You are on the money, and you are already ahead of where I am in this in this presentation. Okay. We're going to cover okay. that, but it's brilliant. It's, I'm glad that you can get that so, so quickly, because the old school approach is people look at LinkedIn, and it's, oh, that's, it's just where you go. You've got your, your, your profile, and it's, and it's you know, a job seekers platform. And, and God, if, if I do anything on there, my, my boss is going to think I'm looking for a job. Well, no. Um, as terrible as it sounds, LinkedIn has, in essence, become business Facebook. People share lots of different things. They still keep it professional but it is a social environment where people interact and the opportunity um you know the opportunity the road to success is not linkedin itself the opportunity is not the platform the opportunity is the is the relationships that you can build on the platform if you if there were for all five million users on linkedin but 4,900,000 of them were, were spamming and yelling and, and doing everything every single day and you couldn't get cut through, I would drop LinkedIn like a sack of potatoes and move to the next thing, you know, maybe Clubhouse, um, things like that, because the opportunity doesn't, doesn't come from the platform. The opportunity comes from the engagement and the relationships that you can build on the platform. Yeah, so with that, there are some things that you need to do and these are the fundamental core tenets of getting yourself set up for success when it comes to linkedin and around your profile because when you start engaging with people and you start actually having those conversations what's one of the first things that they're going to do they're going to 
come and have a look at your profile and then you know well who is this craig do want to find out, out. A, little bit, <laughs> a little bit more about him so i will just give you a, a little bit of a rundown of some of the core fundamentals of the things that you need to be thinking about when it comes to your profile first thing is make sure you've got a, a half decent prof i won't even say it needs to be professionally taken but a professional looking profile picture and then you've got the banner right at the top of your profile that is just the perfect place for any sort of call to action and imagery that is free advertising space so whether it's for you and your personal brand that you're trying to build or if you can put a bit of a personal spin on your corporate messaging then you can put it in there as well but make it stand out if possible customize it canva mm. has got templates for africa that you can use and customize to make it look like this and you can get a great looking banner in around five minutes and try if you can to have a call to action in your in your heading in your banner there like for me it's a very very low touch one it's very very simple and it's just called let's connect and chat so what is that really indicating to people well i'm open to connections and i'm, I'm happy to have a low-key conversation with you it's not like let's check out my five-point guide to selling with success um but that's also not a bad thing as well depending on what your role is and where you are um with your where your profile images you also have the opportunity to these days uh, record a video and that can show up in there as well and when you first look at somebody's profile you'll find that a a little video will start showing for a few seconds before it reverts back to their profile image again not many people are doing that right now so if you want to build brand if you want to distinguish yourself from the competition and elevate yourself in other people's eyes and around professionalism then you should be recording that that's called a cover story record that get it uploaded in there and make the most of every little piece of opportunity and what you'll find is keep an eye on these new things that linkedin brings out because every time they bring out a new feature it tends to get prioritized with the with the algorithm mm. um, and will will help people that utilize that get greater reach and engagement a good example uh, of that you would have seen the polls everyone's polling now but um they were linkedin was the organic reach on polls is huge I, mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like now because there's so many polls it's I think still right up there yeah. and you'll see like um you follow what linkedin does itself um so i follow linkedin australia quite mm. quite closely um to see what is happening when in our local market because what they're doing will generally be an indication of what is getting success when it comes to reach and engagement because they're they're eating their own dog food so to speak and they are still doing regular polls at least once a week and getting a lot of a lot of great interaction and they're also, and here's another little trick, a little bit further down the track as well. They are encouraging people to use the comments that they make in those polls and turning them into posts themselves, which then gives the poll even greater reach. And LinkedIn are being very, very clever about this is and in their weekly newsletter that they're sending out, they're actually taking some of the people that have shared their post and created a post about it themselves and saying hey check out you know check out glenn marvin's post on linkedin engagement uh so it's it's driving that behavior of oh these people are getting rewarded for doing these things well now i'm going to do it so the whole idea i believe around it is by favoring those particular actions they're driving deep engagement with it and they're getting a lot more people the uptake is greater so if they want you to be doing more of these things look at what they are doing um try and emulate them you will get greater reach and exposure not because necessarily your content is that much more amazing than everybody else but they are trying to get everybody else on the platform to to get greater uptake with that particular feature anyway so this we'll, we'll, we'll get onto those anyway um your headline is really important so for me i say i'm helping businesses connect the dots i don't use my job title and this is something that i think it should be descriptive of what you do 
and then figure out what's you know, your exact role or the title that you've got in your business. It's generally either a salesperson looking for people with this particular role so that they can sell something to it. But if they really want to see what your title is, they can just scroll a little bit further down and see what your title is and the role that you're in in the, co- in the existing company. Uh, to get um, a whole bunch of other features unlocked, one of the things that you should be doing is activating what's called creator mode. Now, creator mode will enable you to do a few things, um, embed some hashtags, which talk about what you are um, interested in, but also what you talk about. And it will also change the layout of your um, profile a little bit so that your featured posts and things like that uh, shown more prominently and your activity is pushed down a little bit lower. But speaking of featured posts, featured posts are another great thing that you should be doing. Uh, back in the day when, when you couldn't do this, the sort of like the general lifespan of a traditional post in the feed was anywhere from sort of 12 to 36 hours and then it's disappeared and it's gone forever. Uh, whereas articles would get featured in your profile but everyone goes oh my god that takes too long to write an article i might as well just write a blog on my website um, and replicate it there but now you can actually highlight particular posts and you can put them in this featured section and it's as simple as clicking the top three little dots in the top right hand corner and there is a star function and if you click the star then that will feature it at the top and you can always come back to your featured section and edit the order that they appear in or say well i don't need that to be featured anymore i want to show something else and the there is a so many other things that you can do but the the last thing around your profile that i really want to highlight other than with your experience of getting into the detail the granular detail of your accomplishments which is great for those that are looking for work and things like that it's your about section and your about section is your opportunity to sell your story not talk functionally about what your role is inject some personality talk about your history talk about your journey because again what are people interested in doing business with they're interested in doing business with people so if this is an opportunity for you to build a connection and resonance with them on a one-to-one basis when they look at you versus somebody else from one of the competitors and they go you know what i really like what craig's own journey is i love that story that he tells about why he's so passionate about what he's doing and so it's it's the opportunity to really tell your origin story and then at the bottom of the origin story that's when you can highlight so this is what i do and this is how I can help you. And maybe say, and hey, look, my contact details are in, in the profile above. Feel free to sing out if you need anything. But really sell your story. Does that, does that resonate with you, Craig? Yeah, 100%, yep. There's some things that, that I'm writing notes down here now. It's like, oh, Craig, I need to, I need to up, update some of that, especially the video one. Um, yeah. I do have a couple of questions, and I don't know if you're gonna cover cover it off. So if, um, if, if they if come can, up. Yep. Yeah. So, what about? Are you going to be talking about showcase pages or anything like that? If we can we can cover that off at the end when it comes to business brands, yeah. things like that as well, things like that. So, when we talk about especially personal profiles, and I would seriously encourage any of you that are business owners that have teams under you, to there is this whole fear of well what if i let them sort of like get a build a big profile on linkedin and then they leave well if you what that's that uh, the other one is what happens if you don't let them build a profile on linkedin so you should be encouraging and trusting your staff and encouraging a culture of them becoming brand champions because you know we just mentioned the the different pages and things like that that you can that you can build the reality is is the way the algorithm works and the way linkedin is generally set up it is peer-to-peer it's person to person so your individual profiles will get much greater cut through than any of the pages that you build and your brand pages that you build for your business it doesn't mean that your people can't champion your business and champion those pages and drive people 
there to look at them but you should be looking at human to human person to person interactive as your first strategy to then drive brand awareness for the company and it comes down to three things really likability trust and value you can be the most likable person on the planet but if i don't trust you and your business doesn't have anything of value probably not going to do business with you if you are really if i know exactly what i'm going to get from you you've got something that is of value to me but let's face it you're an asshole and there's somebody else that i like better and your services or your products are much the muchness i'm going to go with the person i like right i've got a relationship with them um and if you're really really likable and i trust you but you haven't quite got it when it comes to what i need i'm still not going to do it so everything that you do on this platform should be with this lens over the top of it of am i increasing the likability factor of either myself or the business am i building trust and am i building and showcasing the value that we bring to people when they decide to work with us um so you know, i call it the ltv factor not the no like trust the like trust value and one of the critical elements of that is intentional engagement and we we touched on it earlier because our time these days is so precious and you were very very eloquent in your explanation of the linkedin bar when you said it's more than a thumbs up it's more than a heart or a celebration reaction you need to stand out and it takes no effort whatsoever and people know that it takes no whatsoever no effort whatsoever to just give a reaction to a comment so if you intentionally engage by showing that you have read that post and responding in the form of a comment that acknowledges the value that they have contributed and then adding some personal flavor to it as well and i would even go as far as when you are commenting on that post if you actually at tag them in your reply you're going to get prioritized in regards to the notifications they receive and they're going to be much more likely to respond to your comment and that means you're sparking a conversation and relationships all build and start with a conversation okay um i'm going to talk through a really really simple strategy a little bit later on around how you can start with the conversation but with the intention of working towards getting an actual face-to-face -face meeting it's a simple six-step process um and you really you need to be making it about them all right social media cell phones drugs everything that is addictive is based on that dopamine hit okay so if your content and your engagement is based on making them feel good then you are giving them the dopamine hit that they need to build that relationship with you if you make your comments about them hey craig i loved what you said about x you know i'd love mm. to um da, 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 da. then it's like oh they got value out of what i said right that's just bang there's a little dopamine hit that's the steroid mm. do i use this analogy that's the smoke on the dopamine crack pipe all right mm. the next time you engage with them oh wow chris this looks awesome um i'm definitely subscribing to this podcast and i've just shared it with some of my friends oh well you know what that made me take notice and oh geez i'm actually going to probably check out this person's profile because if they're sharing it with their network i want to see what their network looks like because that's going to make me feel better when you know the ceo of whatever business has said something nice about me to their friends so if you make it about them you're on a winning strategy from the start even to the point where i say engagement especially when you're starting off in this area engagement is more important than posting there are so many people that are just trying to take that journey of content creation and start on that 
but if you start with engagement then you actually start developing uh, that craft of writing and actually putting the people that you're engaging with first and that will then flow through into your writing style when you're creating content that you're posting um, so I generally have a rule that I teach people around a minimum of five engagements to, to each post that you create. So if you're, for every post you create, you go and you say, well, I'm going to engage with five other people's content. You're going to be drawing them to you and your content. And it's going to help actually curate their feed so that when you are posting content, because you've sparked that engagement, you've sparked that conversation, LinkedIn's going to go, oh, I'm going to show you both your content to each other more often mm. so that is you're already laying the foundation for building the brand uh, look for second degree connection posts in your feed and interact with them or even better make a list of key prospects or connections that you want to actively engage i create a spreadsheet i've literally got a spreadsheet of 700 people that mm. i want to keep and maintain and build relationships with and rather than going through LinkedIn and waiting for their stuff to appear in my feed, which it may not, I will every single week, I'll literally block out two hours and I will be going through that spreadsheet and I am clicking on the link to their profile, looking at their activity and engaging in their content. Really, really hyper-specific and intentional. And it's the only way that I've found for me personally I can avoid getting caught up into the endless scroll mentality of just wasting time by looking at everything in the feed. Um, then we have the four core posts. There's the kudos post. If you're thinking about starting creating content or you're, or you're you know, into this journey, the kudos post is the easiest post on the planet. And again, it's that little dopamine hit. You can guarantee when, when this podcast episode comes out, I'll be doing a post on LinkedIn going, oh, I just have to share this with you. I had so much fun on this podcast with Craig. Love sharing the bonus. And I love what they are trying to do to help share the knowledge and educate and help and support more SMEs and then entrepreneurs in New Zealand. Right? I'm going to not say, hey, look at me. Look at what I just did. I will be saying, look at what Craig is doing look at the journey that he is on look at how he is helping other people out there i was just very glad and humbled to be asked to be part of this journey if you put those people that you interact with on the pedestal not yourself then you're giving them the dopamine hit the next one is commentary commentary is a really really hard one for a lot of people but uh, there's that old saying um if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. So it's very, very easy to, in essence, if you can't pick which side of the battle to be on, ask the question and spark the debate. So a good example is that is, for example, last year when COVID first hit and the government announced that they were going to give Air New Zealand a $900 million bailout, I was very, very quick to jump on that and say, I'm all for the $900 million, but why don't we create $900 worth of vouchers that we can distribute around the country to get people to start traveling and flying in New Zealand? They'll still get the money, but you'll also get people moving around the country and spending money in the regions that are going to be suffering. <clears throat> so pick a side. It still you need to always be courteous, polite. I, I believe you need to be good natured in your debate. There is no room for crassness and, and just there is a lot of hatred. So let's keep the hatred out of it. But if you pick a side, do it. This is why polls have become so powerful because if you can't pick a side, set the platform for others to, to choose a side. And so LinkedIn polls are a really, really great way to dip your toe in that of just ask the question, how do you feel about this? And let everybody else do it. And the really strange thing about polls is most posts, you will get way more engagement 
you know, like thumbs up and claps and all those sorts of things than you will with comments. Almost every time I've seen it, you'll get more comments than you will engagement because if you keep it to a simple yes, no response, everyone wants to expand on why they chose the side that they went on. Mm. And what are you doing? You're allowing the conversation to start. You are sparking the conversation. Conversations lead to relationships. Relationships build brands. The other one is storytelling. So none of what I've talked about so far is helping people showcase your skill set. Why? Because it's the last thing people are mostly interested about when it's building the relationship. It's still really important. But telling stories and think about it as your own or your company's hero's journey. What is it that you're embarking on? What is it that you are doing in your personal? And it doesn't need to be the, oh, woe is me. I, you know, I, I never had a pair of shoes until I was 27 years old type thing. But what are the, some of the challenges that you're dealing with? And more importantly, how are you overcoming them that you can share with people? Because when they can resonate on a personal level of that sounds like the stuff that I deal with and I love what you're saying about how you're dealing with it, right? And there's a difference between um, coming from a place of wisdom or coming from a place of pain, right? If you're coming speaking from a place of pain, then you are generally probably not well enough equipped yet to pass on the knowledge because you are still suffering. But if you have dealt with something, you have overcome that challenge and you have learned from it, those learnings are really important for you to share because so many people will resonate with the pain of the journey that you've been on. And it doesn't need to be this big life changing dramatic piece. But it's like, that is the sort of thing that I'm dealing with. And I see this is how you've dealt with it. And then other people that have dealt with it will come in and they will join on that as well. And you are helping people by telling your story, whether it's your commercial, your business story, or your personal. And then that last piece is, yes, educational. It's the thought piece stuff. This is the how to do things. This is the stuff that showcases you and your business's professional expertise which I can guarantee you will get zero reach compared to all of those other three types of posts because there is nothing really drawing people to interact with it, but it still elevates you in regards to your profile because that builds the trust factor of, I like you, I, and now I trust you, and you are now showing me that you have something of value and, and believe it or not, it's quite often after those personal story posts that people will reach out to you and engage and say, oh, I've been meaning to talk to you for ages. I love what you've been saying about X, but I need some help with this. You've created that human connection. Video. Video works really, really well. It's really hard for people to take that step. But if you can and you can get comfortable with it, I would definitely recommend at least dipping your toe in the use of video. And if you can't share the old face to camera stuff, find some video that has some sort of correlation, even if it's a GIF, that has a, some sort of a correlation to what you do. And then weave a story into the commentary and the com into the story above it about how you can tie back that thing into what it is that you're talking about multi-photo posts um that little plus sign uh, linkedin will show up to nine photos um but they'll only show five photos in the initial screen so when you show that little there and then there's that plus four photos it's like a magnet people want to see what those other photos are and they're going to click on it expand it and look for what those other photos are what does that do to the algorithm <gasps> Oh my God, it's shown that you've engaged with that post. So am I now going to show that post to more people that look a little bit like you because they may engage with it? So photo posts, multi-photo posts get pretty good engagement. And PDF documents. 
this was something that came out a little over a year ago and had ridiculous reach. Like I was getting 100, 200,000 reach on sharing a PDF. And if you've got any any collateral that you've got in your business, whether or um, case studies and things like that, you can share this directly in LinkedIn. If you can then go to the extent of having a landing page on your website where people can then go to download that and share that link there as well, they will generally go there. Even though, and most people don't know this, if you expand that document in your feed on LinkedIn on a desktop, you can download the document directly from LinkedIn. But people have been conditioned to follow the link to download whatever it is. So don't be afraid that if you're going to share something there that you're not going to be able to track it and generate this, you know, build your database. Um, articles and newsletters. Newsletters, I'm sure everybody in the last couple of months has been absolutely spammed in their inbox with, you know, so-and-so wants you to subscribe to their newsletter. Um, yeah, I've seen it, yep. It will be, it's, it's the next, let's call it the next big thing in regards to the next toy that LinkedIn is playing with. So give a crack at that. I'm conscious of time, so I'm going to move on to the bounty hunter method to get more meetings. And this is the juicy stuff that people really, really love. There's six simple steps that you need to follow to get more meetings. And I've covered most of it off already. First of all, identify your prospect list. Who is it that you really want to build a relationship with that's going to lead to business? Separate them, create a spreadsheet if you if you can, and then intentionally engage with their content a minimum of two times. So they've posted something, engage with it, and really engage with it. Make it a thoughtful comment. After that, then you send them a connection request. And that connection request can be as simple as, and I've found this works incredibly well. Hey, Craig, I've loved seeing your posts pop up in my feed over the last couple of weeks. I'm connecting now to ensure that I don't miss more of them in the future. What have you done? You've made it about them. Mm. Yeah. So why are they going to not connect with you? The most important thing then is not to hit them straight up with the sell. You're not going <laughs> to talk to them and continue to engage in their content. So wait until you have commented on two or even three more posts, then send them a message and not a message directly straight away asking for a meeting, but it's more of get into the DMs and if it can, if you can tie it back into a recent post. I love the post that you did on the struggles of small businesses in Rotorua and how they are overcoming those challenges with that. Um, we see the same thing in our area. Um, keep up the great work. Um, what are your thoughts on X spark the conversation? If you then can start the conversation, that's when it's appropriate for the sixth and final step of setting up the meeting. It's like, I tell you what, I'd love to catch up with you and, and, and throw this around more. How are you placed over the next couple of weeks? We can dig into the details and I'd, I'd just love to hear more about you and your journey and what you're doing in your industry. I'm making it about you. I'm giving you the dopamine hit. I'm putting you on the pedestal. You know what I do because you've already checked out my profile and you're prepared to meet. That is where the gold is and around that. There are some basic tools, but the real tenant is make it about them, spark the conversation, build the relationship, and the business value comes from there. I'll leave that from the sharing perspective so you can bring us back if you like. And uh, I'm sure we've got a couple of minutes where we can dig into those extra questions that you had. Thank you so much. It's been um, hugely valuable. A question, couple of questions I have. So the, I suppose we've mainly focused on the personal brand and the personal yep. profile. Uh, and then as an example, I've got a an event profile, which is this yep. um, Small Business Entrepreneur Festival podcast profile. Um, and then from there, you could, could potentially also have a showcase page. Yeah, which, uh, and I suppose for the showcase pages, if you've got a bigger organization that's got a multiple sort of 
um, streams to it, whether that's um, you know, let's think about the economic development agency, they might have business events, trade, EDAs, or whatever, um, and they have showcase pages. Do you have any comments about um, the, the tactics to uh, across those profiles? Yeah, so when you when you share something from the company profile, um, then there is generally the ability to notify your staff members. Mm, yeah. All right. So always do that and then get your staff to then share that as well. And then you build and build and build on that. So your staff are always, or you, <laughs> should always be the primary focus it should always be about the people to people um, and you will you'll find that the following of the company will grow uh, and there's dare i say it, there's nothing wrong with pay to play of actually putting a little bit of money behind it because linkedin we haven't even talked about the advertising side of it but the linkedin advertising yeah. side of it you only need an audience of 300 or more which is very, very small in general when you think about the prospect type list that you, you've got. And you can get as granular as company um, company name and the title of the people that you want to um, target within that company. So if it's events, um, there, is a, there, is a, there are so many different applications where you can pay to play. Uh, but in general, the organic approach is people first um, so use the people to leverage the, the company content and to push that out and to drive their audience back to the company pages and the showcase pages if you're just constantly pushing out from the company page you're not going to get the reach to get the engagement to then build the following to then get the cut through got it Glenn this has been some some amazing advice for for anyone really, whether you just want to build your personal profile, you're building your personal brand or how you align your your brand page to your personal page. I think we've probably got um, three or four more podcasts that we need to have a chat about. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to, to spend some time. Yeah, to dig a little bit into even, even more narrow and uh, next time and talk about specifically about um, how to comment maybe or, or how yep. the back end or dark um, unpublished linkedin post work and how to tag them and how much sort of um, money you need to invest into those ones as well always happy to talk anytime my friend awesome man hey glenn thank you so much for your time where can people find you strangely enough look for me on linkedin <laughs> glenn marvin <laughs> that's glenn the marvin. primary place Glenn Marvin on LinkedIn. We're going to definitely make sure that in the show notes that you're going to have links to your profile to make sure you check him out and add some sort of comments to one of his awesome posts, but not a thumbs up, a like, or a heart. Make sure you think about what you're writing. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much for your time. I know you had a 2 p.m. meeting, and now we're at story three, so I'll let you roll. But yeah, you have a good, good couple of happy New Year's, and stay safe out there. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. No worries, man. Have a great day.